Hey guys, this is John. And Austin. And immediately Austin's computer is making noises. Yeah. It's not my computer. It's supposed to be muted. It was my phone. Right. My phone's on mute now. So your watch we allow. Nothing the, else. The watch doesn't make noise anymore, no. I don't think. We fixed that? I just don't think it makes noise you anymore. You think it died? I don't know. I don't remember it ever making noise. I'm going to say it that way. <laughs> yeah, you're insane. <laughs> like, well, no. Like recently, I don't remember it oh, ever making okay. noise. Okay. So it vibrates, but I don't think it makes noise. But to be honest, it might, and I'm just that oblivious to it. Could or, be. We'll find out. So we didn't really have anything for the pre-meat matter section. So what we were going to do is watch a very old video of Austin and I, the first YouTube video we did together and just live react to it. But we're going to push that off because something else came up <laughs> that I'm not letting go. <laughs> I don't think Austin has the ability to deadlift 250 pounds. He is sure that he can do it. Is that that interesting to you? It probably wouldn't be except for the fact that we have a deadlift bar here and 250 pounds in weight. I mean, all it is is like if I was to go over and give you a bear hug and pick you up, you're close to 250 pounds. First of all, I'm not 250 pounds. Second of all, you would be picking me up from up here. It is getting it off the ground that you're going to fail at. You, yeah, you just use your legs and. Uh, okay. I, lo I yeah. love this content, by the way. This is not going to go. I the think way I'm you 250 think pounds. You could pick me up. Maybe we should sure. get me some. Yeah if, you, yeah, if you ran at him and did the dive <laughs> like uh, yeah, yeah. Jennifer Gray and Patrick Swayze. How were you, how were you imagining it? I, I don't know. <laughs> so we're going to have to, we're going to have to get that done. We'll find out. All right. I, I think you're going to be sorely disappointed when I, when I prove you wrong. Are we bringing I, the weights in here or are we going in there? We'll go in there, but yeah, I think you guys can get through um, a segment if you want or so. But um, I was thinking this is another perfect reason to have now a portable microphone. So we're going to have to work this into the budget <laughs> just for segments like this. Okay. For walking around Walton's. Oh, yeah. All right. Okay. Here, here's this is going to I'm going to make this even better or worse. We'll okay. see. I just pulled up a male deadlift standards chart. Sure. And I'm about, I'm a little less than 220 pounds. I'm like 210 to 220. It depends on the day. Yeah. Uh, an untrained person should be able to do 170. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you thinking you're a trained person? A novice should be able to do 260. I'm between untrained and novice. You're I'm going to be two. I'm going to get 250. What's he going to be working the most? Back, legs, arms? Like what's a deadlift? Yeah, no, I. I am. When's the next time you're going to see Doctor Good? Every oh, yeah, month. Every Monday. Back. You better watch out. Maybe we should hold this off and do it. No, we'll Monday try. Morning. If I think I'm gonna hurt myself, we'll stop. I'm gonna do it again. Another okay. Time. We'll do it. Tugs. We'll do it at the end of the podcast, and then we'll insert it. Perfect. Okay. So well, see, we'll, John, I did that just fine. <laughs> I was just about to say we're back. You <laughs> failed terribly. <laughs> we're back. So we will update everybody. Obviously, you'll know for listening to this. All right, moving on to meat matters. Um, we've got some fairly. Important ones, I would say. Uh, the first one being from Farm Progress it is cattle prices surge. So, fed cattle future prices surge to 185 for April two, or 2024 and 175 in the nearby contract at the time of this writing. The rocket ship ride to record prices is fueled by some fundamental market conditions and some conditions outside of the cattle and beef market. Cash-fed cattle prices have increased, and some of the increase in future prices is the futures playing catch-up. 
Feeder cattle prices are along for the ride. Feeder cattle, seven to 800 pound steers in the South approached $200 per hundredweight, while those in the Southern Plains hit 213 in local auctions. Now look at the below graph, right? I had to go back 10 years because what happened in 2014 is a good comparison to what's happening now. It was right after or right in the middle um, of a huge sell-off and beef prices went through the roof. Now we're already halfway up through that blue line. There is no easy way to say this, but some of you are going to have to stop eating beef so that I can continue to eat the amount of beef <laughs> I want at the price I want. Speaking of that, I should in the next two, two to three weeks be going up to Crables to pick up my quarter. Are we getting some Wagyu? We're going to get some Wagyu as well. Okay. And then hopefully we're going to get Zach to come down, be on the podcast then try some Wagyu, try some of the regular and talk about the differences um, and then get hopefully get to ask him some questions about what it's like cool. to run a beef plant. So, Hey, Austin, how do you how do you thaw out a pork butt completely frozen solid? Ooh. How long would it take you? How long? Well, what's your method, too, you're using? How do you like to thaw stuff out? Oh, I mean, something that big. Ideally, you're just going to put it in the fridge and you're going to wait five or six days maybe a week. Okay. So if you're a reasonable person, what would you do? Because <laughs> uh, nobody's doing that. Yeah. Say you need there's, it tomorrow. There's not a good way to do that and have it ready by like tomorrow. Well, let me right. tell you, I took three. <laughs> and you can't do that in a safe way. I took three frozen solid pork butts. I mean, you took them out of that freezer. You could kill somebody with them. Like if you hit them <laughs> over the head with it. It's like a rock. Put them in cold water, put them in the fridge overnight, came in. They were not perfectly um, defrosted. Like it was hard to cut through the middle of it a little, a little bit to the point where I was like, I better put on a hex armor glove. Cause this knife is going to slip. Slippy slide. Uh, never did, but still always being safe and made sausage out of it. No problem. So in water, in the fridge, defrost to the point where you can use them in just over 12 hours. That's did that at four, 12. So 15 hours. Did you take did you check what temperature it was at? Because that that, that thing was not thawed then. If it was hard, because oh, meat meat thaws like well at, at a much different temperature. Yeah, like, like I said, there was still like it was still frozen kind of in the middle, but to the point where I could fairly easily get a knife through it. Yeah. I mean the yeah, the best way to thaw meat while retaining some level of safety, even though you can do it in a way that's not safe, is still in water because you need you just need more matter to disperse heat faster yeah. in air. It doesn't it isn't it, it can't disperse well disperse the heat whatever heat cool same concept one's hot one's cold but so, same thing but to yeah do that so in the fridge that's better a lot of people will just like put a thing of water in their or fill up their sink or yeah. put a container of water on their counter put something in it that's where you get great dangerous right but um there were mounds of ice over all three of the pork butts in there when i came in this morning so that's the amount of heat they were releasing caused ice that doesn't make any sense don't know why that don't know why i said that <laughs> don't know why i said that but it did freeze like the water right around oh that's what you're saying yeah. okay dang yeah. yeah so that's cool okay um so if you look at the june number we're just a little bit below that now it's a little bit confusing because it starts in september and ends in august so you have to 
follow June and then go back around till you get back to December. And then you move on to 2016. But look what is coming. Look at what is coming in September, October, November, December. That blue line is all 2015. So we are right here. It is going up to there. So we're at two, what, 215 right now? It's going up to 235. So stakes are going to go back up to what they were during the worst of the COVID yeah, so nonsense. Expect to see prices go up another 10, 20%. <sighs> That's so terrible. Now, this looks pretty bad, right? These are the same graph, okay? Look where it is. We have this uh, blue graph showing uh, the, it's the same information, but it does a better job in showing what spike is coming. So this is 323. Look at that jump. Now look down here. Here's where 323 is. Look where it ended up. It, that makes it, the first graph makes it look like it's a steep climb. The second graph shows that that is nothing. Are those not like the same thing? They're the same thing, but look at the dates at the bottom. So here where that 323 um, jump is, is just this right there. And then what comes after it is absolutely terrible. No, this is the exact same graph. I'm positive. This is the exact same graph. How are you? Oh, you're looking at the. This is the exact same graph. We have to graph. cut this part out. <laughs> this is the exact same graph. <laughs> no, we don't. Don't cut it out. I thought that this. <laughs> no, this is the exact same graph. Get it. It just doesn't have all the numbers at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. You're. Uh... I get what you were looking at and yeah, what you yeah. thought you were seeing, but, but that's not, what, that's I was not seeing. what you're seeing. Oh God, that's bad. <laughs> if so, it was what you thought, I would be scared right now. Real quick, tell me how you noticed that because <laughs> I know how I know it, or how I see it now. I mean, I just am looking at all the little ups and downs yes. and peaks and valleys. Valleys, and the last one has like, even though they're like, it does look different. The graphs look yep. funky, but if you look at how they move that up they and down chart. the last bit. It's exactly it's the same. It's exactly the same. Okay. I take that back. So I was in this embarrassment. I was in this political advertisement class one time and there was like online discussion based for what that's worth. So it's like you write a paragraph, contribute, and then you kinda hope to God they don't talk about it the next day or call on you. And then they were talking about uh Clinton and I wrote this whole thing saying, like, well, I think, you know, she she did this and then that and then whatever. And we come to class, they're talking about Bill Clinton, dude. So I did a whole thing on Hillary. <laughs> so I just quickly backpedaled the hell out of her. So I, I get I get what you guys are going through. Right Skipped now. class that day. Yeah, yeah. yeah unfortunately, or fortunately, <laughs> I don't really care about being embarrassed too much. All right, Walmart plans to open its own beef plant for case-ready meat in stores. With a new $275 million beef processing facility being built in, o is it Olathe or Olathe? Olathe. Olathe, can that's not, that word is not Olathe. That word is Olathe. No, we all agree. Olathe, it's Kansas. Olathe. Yeah, it's also the Arkansas River, so you guys Ooh. are all wrong. Uh, with an opening of 
2025 expected. Walmart plans to take a page from history by producing case-ready meat. A half century ago, Colorado's Greeley beef plant was the first large-scale producer of what is now called box beef, with specific cuts of beef for restaurant and grocery store customers back east. Today, case-ready meat, retail-ready meat, or prepackaged meat is how the industry refers to fresh meat that is processed and packaged at a central facility and delivered store-ready for the retail meat case. So... I had no idea that boxed beef is only from the last 50 years. I thought this was something that was basically always. Oh, it's probably only, yeah, it's probably recent because they probably didn't have the same ability to. They have refrigerated. Do all of that before. Like, what are you thinking is the problem? The transportation? Yeah. Like a hundred years ago, what would they have had for transportation? They didn't have semi trucks. They would have had trains. Do you think they had refrigerated train cars? Yeah. A hundred years ago? No. Maybe today. But even then, I bet mo most refrigerated stuff is still hauled by semi-trucks today. It's probably not probably not a lot done by train. Then how Trains do, they, do a lot of stuff, but not. I would assume not a lot of that. How do they do market hunting then? Like where they would ship buffalo meat? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I always assumed that there were always refrigerant trains. Clearly, I'm wrong. Some, I don't know. Something maybe we should look into just for the heck of it. Yeah, but this type of vertical integration is going to shake up the industry for sure. That, if Walmart does it, then who else? Sam's is Walmart, right? Yeah. Who owns Costco? Or who does Costco own? Everybody. Costco. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Costco then Costco. does it. Uh, then Kroger. Right. Um, those, I mean, those are your Wegmans. two big ones, Walmart yeah. and Kroger. Um, so they all start doing this and then that just changes the way everything is done. That's, I mean, that's one way to take an actual meaningful chunk out of the big four. You're just replacing it with another big player though. Yeah, but they're also their own player. Uh, on one hand, they would be incentivized to do it better. On the other hand, they could be incentivized to just work the system harder. Yeah. Um, it depends. It could, if it ended up like healthcare, then that'd be really bad. Um, you remember the healthcare meeting we had like yep. a month ago and how we talked about like drug prices and how, uh, yeah, how the insurance company works that between whoever you're getting it dispensed from. And then they own the, yep. uh, whatever the intermediary company in between there and how they move all that back and forth. I see that being like a situation played out in Walmart. They just own every level and they artificially move things around and it doesn't really add or do anything, but then it ultimately ends up increasing the price and they ultimately make a lot more money off of it just because of artificial inflation, basically. Hmm. I don't think so. There's enough other competition. Yeah. I don't think that would happen. They won't have the ability to raise their prices artificially because yeah. they get killed in the market. I think they're doing it because they want to lower prices. That is typically what Walmart does is they, they, right. they want lower prices. Yeah. That's how they survive. They are good at surviving off of somewhat low margins. I mean, Walmart still, still Walmart. They still make a good margin. Don't get confused and think that they, they lowball everything because they don't, but uh, they don't need to make an insane margin. They just need a lot of volume and they have that. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot, of, not a lot of, I know there are companies who 
once they got into Walmart, it basically destroyed their company because they had to change how they did everything to meet their demands. So there was, I I think it was a sunglass manufacturer who was like, we're not going into Walmart. That will destroy our business. I can't remember who it was. But all right, moving on. Uh, Beef up support. Farmers calling for change in meat industry. So I I never know how to... Do I just reread the same sentence I've just read since it's the first sentence in the... You know, how do you do that? Additionally, lawmakers on Capitol Hill said it's time to increase competition in meat processing. Right now, only four companies dominate the market. A farmer that testified before Congress on Tuesday said it's time for lawmakers to beef up their support of small family farms. He testified that he started his own processing plant, but said it's still too hard to compete with the big four. Lawmakers say having more independent processors will ultimately bring down prices for consumers. Dominance in the sector has resulted in immeasurable harms to our local farmers, Rep. Hank Johnson, a Democrat from Georgia, said. Lawmakers saying say having more independent processors won't bring down prices. They said the exact same thing twice in a row. And I didn't copy that wrong. They said the same exact thing twice yeah. in a row. Kentucky Republican Congressman Thomas Massey said the solution is decreasing regulation to make it easier for small processors to keep up. Increasing the number of small scale processors will help counteract disruptions in the supply chain. Massey is now advancing legislation to make those chains happen. On one hand, I like it because that's, I mean, that's the very large bulk of what we do is dealing with those people those are our core customers but on the other hand like if i really if i was really honest what do i think would make the biggest difference in lowering cost for consumers it's probably getting rid of the price fixing and collusion and the things out there that are causing the unfair market uh and you we haven't heard about anything for at least a month which is a long stretch of time but it seems like we're constantly hearing about so-and-so is getting fined. Mm-hmm. Uh, they So-and-so. Oh, I'd uh, say it's been more, it's probably been three or four months yeah. since we covered a story about that. But there's things like that. That makes a big, that makes a bigger immediate difference if you're not dealing with a fixed market. Because it ultimately having more people in the market should lower prices. But then again, I go back to kind of what we talked about before. It'll take so many and so long to actually cut into the market share of the big four. Would you be a fan of uh, the government going in and breaking up those companies? I don't know. that That's something I can't really answer in an hour-long podcast, to be honest, because it's one of those things where... I would, I could argue either side of that, but it's, it's a convoluted mess because the industry is so regulated. Normally I would say no, but that would assume that you're not regulated. But when you're that regulated, then you're already, the government's already involved. So is more involvement better or less involvement better? It's just, there's problems before you get to that. Before you get to that, you need to fix and change a bunch of other things. Because if you break them up, it does nothing if you don't change the rest of the system. Right. Because it's the system is broken for how and, and caused everything to come to the point that it is now. It, if you just try to break them up, you don't fix everything else that's wrong in the system. It would be standard oil all over again. Yeah. And that did that made the problem worse, not better. Look at look at telecom 
companies. That's another and good they one. They break them up. And then what happens 20 years later, they all consolidate back together again. And then they'll break them up and they'll all consolidate back together again. Yep. It's the, you don't change if you don't change the underlying uh, processes and, and your concept and how the market works, then nothing will change. And the issue, I think, is is ultimately regulation. Right. But I'm with you on that. All right. Moving on. Uh, this is from Dakota News Now. Um, oversupply of milk causes them to dump thousands of gallons of milk just into a field. What? Like they, the picture is literally just a that? milk truck dumping product out. Huh. Why would you do oh. that? That could have been made into ice cream. Get some cookies. I thought, what are we doing? I thought cheese. Cheese? You could make cheese out of that. I didn't even think about that. I saw something that said it was a bus sign in California that says it takes like 381 gallons of water to make a pound of cheese. That can't possibly be I right. I don't believe that. Right. That can't possibly be right. Yeah, because I'm not drinking three. I'm just kidding. To make it, I get it, but that'd be hilarious. <laughs> I'm not drinking 380 gallons. But does that include like the water that the cow drank I, to I mean, survive for it, 20 years yeah, while well, it was? Well, I don't. Oh, now you're lowballing. How long do dairy cows survive? I don't know. I'm assuming cows live somewhere between probably 15 to 20 years. We looked this up before. Um, Six years. No way. <laughs> that's a six years, according to two sources. Oh, for a how long? Maybe it, maybe that's how long a dairy cow produces. No, oh, the natural lifespan of dairy cattle is between fifteen and twenty years. Okay, okay. I was going to say right. there's so, no way that they live like less than like a dog would. Did we ever do? Um, there was a thing where they were taking old dairy cows and making steaks out of them. And they were saying if you cook them a specific way, they're actually just as good as a regular, if not better. Did we like, actually ever fall? I don't think we ever did anything no, like that. I'd like to know what that is because I told I told you a couple weeks ago that uh, Dylan's was running a special on steaks. Yeah, and just getting I got T bones for like seven bucks a pound. I thought it was the greatest deal ever till I went to eat them. And uh, the T-bone, what you get, like you basically get two steaks in one. Yep. One side was great. Yeah, it was a great steak. The other side was the toughest piece of meat, pe toughest piece of meat I've ever ate in my life. And it wasn't like it was bad meat or tasted bad, but I could not cook it to make it tender. Huh. Couldn't do it. How do you normally cook a steak? Like reverse sear. Okay. I, the only thing I, I thought of, and I wasn't going to go back and buy more, um, was I could sous vide it for 20 hours and maybe that would help, but you could also tough meats, tough meat. I bet you if you separated them before you cooked it, like if you cut it off the bone before you cooked it, I bet you you would have a better result with that opposite side. Yeah. So, all right. But that was just a shame watching that much milk just be poured out onto the ground while well, they're starving kids. Not in America. I don't think anyone's starving in America anymore. Right? Maybe some, yeah. There people. probably are, but... There's more fat kids. Th yeah. I, most people in America are well-fed. All right. Johnsonville pork sausage links recalled. 
So Sheboygan oh. Falls, Wisconsin establishment is recalling approximately 42,000 pounds of better with cheddar pork sausage links that may be contaminated with thin strands of black plastic fibers, the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Food Safety Inspection Services announced today. The products were shipped to local retailers in Colorado, Iowa, Kansas, Missouri, Nebraska, North Dakota, Oklahoma, and Texas. The problem was discovered after the firm received one customer complaint about the product containing a very thin strand of a black plastic fiber. You didn't even use the story from a local local news station. Why would it? Is ever, that the one you sent me? Did mm-hmm. ever find that anthrax yeah. guy? Guy that sent anthrax to people randomly? They ever find him? I don't. Oh, I was just having a thought. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> Patrick, my confusion was not derision. My confusion was I don't ever remember them finding the guy that I, like I remember nothing people. about it. What? There, there was, was somebody sending a bunch of contracts around. There was a story recently of uh, people sending uh, Kansas lawmakers a mysterious white substance in the mail. Really? Just, yeah, that was recent. <laughs> but then it made me think of uh, an old uh, episode of uh, Unsolved Mysteries I saw where. Um, a guy sent anthrax to three or four people, and the uh, post office workers got extremely there was sick. Actual died. anthrax? Yeah. Oof. Were you not alive in this time? Or I don't know. Just we, yeah, we found him, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Here he is. <laughs> <laughs> move on. Oh move God. on. Talk about something yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what do you think it was? Oh, a cleaning brush. Okay, that'd be my. That's guess. actually a better one than mine. Um, one of the ones of these that always sticks with me was somebody who told me this, uh, a flashlight got knocked into a grinder and ground it up into long, thin plastic. Herb. Yeah, but there would have been some sort of metal in there. And usually usually large plants like this have run product through metal detectors. Fair. So you would think it wouldn't get caught there. Yeah, so That's cleaning plastic probably. Would get so did they just recall 42,000 pounds for like... 10 little pieces oh. of a, oh, that's annoying. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there could have been like, there could have been one package that had a problem, but they have to recall Everything. the entire lot. Like, um, and I don't know how much I'll actually speak on this, but we just actually went through a recall. It wasn't, uh, it was, I heard somebody was in about that. I don't it, know. It wasn't with it. any of our, well, what should I describe it as? I don't want to say who it is necessarily. Yeah, it you. wasn't Excalibur. Right. I'll say that. Um, but we actually had like uh, a couple agents from FDA come in and they were asking and poking and prodding. Um, but luckily this for them, I didn't know they were here until they were gone. Cause I would have told them get out. We do not recognize the FDA. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but it, like lot tracking like it's a big deal because if you have a problem you have to be able to go back and isolate Mm -hmm. what it is and so it depends on how big your batches and lots are and what you can do because you have you have to cast the wet the cast the net wide enough that you are going to encapsulate everything right can we do you do you want to say what caused the contamin or what the contamination or whatever it was was do you even know? Oh, I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't know. So there was a product that had a problem, but they didn't tell us what the problem was. I'm sure we did. I just, I don't, I don't. You didn't care. I don't know those things. That's okay. that, that world is for sure. my brother Dylan and yep. my, my dad to figure out. I don't, that's their side of things. So I don't think, I don't worry about it. Okay. Um, top 20 countries with highest meat consumption. 
the only reason I want to talk about this is, have we talked about assigned traffic ever? I feel like we have. Assigned traffic? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's like I create websites and I get people to click on them. And then I have something on it that says click next to see number two in the top five, oh. you know, whatever. <laughs> and so it, it then counts each one of those clicks, clicks as a individual user. Um, and then they sell that traffic assignment to like a up and coming quotation marks media business and saying, look, we got, you know, 400 million hits last month when those weren't even on your website. So whatever, that's just made me mad. Um, and we haven't done this in a long time. So I figured I would, uh, I had to go to brave search to find some information on something. And that reminded me of why I was using brave search. So we used to occasionally go through and say how many meat stories on Google duck, duck, go, you know, we're positive, negative. Um, so brave search had uh, 10 meat returns. Four of the 10 were either lab grown or negative. DuckDuckGo was six of 10. And Google News changed the way that they display news stories. It's super frustrating. Um, but I would say they were five out of 10. They're all continuing to just talk about lab grown meat constantly. At least it's lab grown and it's not uh, like beyond beef anymore. Oh, no, at least still talk. But, we're, we're, we're shifting a little bit. We're just what's going to, what's the next thing? Uh, I read this last night, so I didn't, it's not in here. There's an Australian restaurant owner who used to be on like some UK cooking shows who has outlawed vegans from his store. He's, he basically had a bad experience with one. He was super busy. Some lady like called ahead and was like, want to make sure that you can, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, we have two vegan things on the menu, whatever. And by the time she got there, they were like all gone. And so she's like, well, I want my vegan thing. And he's like, I'm sorry, we don't have, you know, we don't have anything for you. And so she wrote this big review, like negative review. And he came back and he's like, all right, that's it. I'm done with you. No more vegans in my store. We serve nothing vegan. We will have nothing for you. We will not accommodate you in any way. I was like, yes. And then he went on to use some much stronger language, which <laughs> I also approved of. All right. Um, vegan landlord seeks tenant for sunny apartment, but there's a catch. The real estate listing that appeared briefly in Brooklyn last week sounded beguiling. Two spacious, sun-drenched, full-floor apartments in a wide brick townhome in Fort Greene with spectacular outdoor spaces and period details. The wonderful vegan landlord, the broker wrote, had only one house rule, no meat or fish in the building. Even in a city where renters will pay mansion-esque prices to live in an apartment with a bathtub in the kitchen or a studio so narrow you can touch both walls at once, the meatless walk-up is unusual. Does that not sound illegal? Yeah. Right? Yeah, for I mean, sure. I don't know. It's technically not a protected class. So what if being there, you can do whatever you want. If it was for religious reasons, though, you're directly in conflict with that. So, I mean, if you can if you can outlaw a vegan from coming to your restaurant. No, 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 no. They're still welcome to come. He can't outlaw them. He can basically say, I'm not putting anything vegan on my menu. So you're more than welcome to come into my restaurant and break your vegan rules. That's fine. But I'm not. I don't know. Tough. I would tend to say it's okay, even though I, I mean, I don't like it, but I tend to say it's okay. It's your, it's technically still, if it's an apartment complex, there is a private 
owner of it. And if you are renting the apartment, you're renting, you are not owning. So you have to abide by the rules. It's the same thing as, oh, it's, it's a lesser extent of like dealing with like an HOA. You move into a neighborhood, you technically own the land. You, you like, you actually have the land, but you still are bound by the rules of the HOA. You if can't have uh, a car up on blocks in the driveway because you're not allowed to leave anything in the driveway overnight type of thing. Could I say, I have these apartments, you will not practice any yoga in it? Sure. No. If, if it's on the lease and you both sign it, I think it has to be documented No, leases somewhere. don't. Leases don't matter? Contracts don't Your matter wife anymore. doesn't matter? My wife's not a lease? Lisa. Leases, leases don't matter. It, you can't put something illegal in a contract, sign it, and then think that that binds that person to it. It just doesn't work. How's it different than an HOA and, and signing on to be in a neighborhood that then you can't do certain things with your property? And this isn't even a scenario about doing things with your property. You're in someone else's property. Yeah. Okay. I hate it. I don't like it either, but I, I, I see that it, I see a path for it to be okay and just totally slide through any judicial or uh, legal I don't, issues there. I don't, I feel like, I don't think we get I stopped. feel like a lawsuit would win on this, but basically she said sushi and steak tartare and takeout would be fine. Roasting a chicken. Absolutely not. What? Uh, so I could live there. I just go back to my. Raw beef eating. You can days. mutilate fish and and have under uncooked beef, but God forbid you roast a chicken. Like what's what's happening? If I had to guess, I'd say she's super sensitive to smell. That'd be uh, my so guess. Those are just, That'd be my guess. But the knowing. idea of sushi being near me offends me sometimes. So it's like see see what I mean. So we all just have to not care what everyone else thinks. All right. Why Cargill, a real meat maker, may be the big winner in the plant-based food. So Cargill, the largest privately held company in the US. Did we know that? Mm -hmm. Wow. With 165 billion in 2022 revenue is investing for the long game in plant-based food in a world which it forecasts will need 70% more protein over the next three decades. Why were we, why are we going to need 70% more protein over the next three decades? That doesn't make any sense. What? Yeah. Are we not eating enough protein now? Which it forecasts will need 70% more protein over the next three decades. That doesn't make sense. I don't know. The agribusiness giant got into the market later than buzzy startups, including Beyond Meat and Impossible Foods, as well as traditional rivals, Tyson Foods, Hormel, and Smithfield Foods. But it's growing its alternative protein portfolio, including lab-grown beef, chicken, and fish made from animal cells. Plant-based meat sales in the U.S. slightly declined by 1% in 2022 to $1.36 billion after a high double-digit growth in recent years. I mean, that's... A, we stopped, the government stopped giving everybody money, and B, it just got more and more expensive. Okay. Do you have anything else to add to that? No. Uh, meat industry worries product of USA label could trigger a trade war. The meat industry is warning USDA's proposed product of USA label could have market impacts and in turn put the US at risk of a trade war. It would require meat with the label's having been born, raised, slaughtered, and processed in the United States. Respondents to an open comment period said the rules remind them of the mandatory country of origin labeling, which the World Trade Organization said was discriminatory. The National Pork Producers Council's 
says they have had issues in the past with trade partners and these types of labels. Council President Scott Hayes, <laughs> Scott Hayes says he does not feel it's worth the risk of our foreign markets to explore this option yet again. If people are concerned about a trade war, then they obviously have not been living in the U.S. for the past three, four years, because I don't know about everybody else, but one of the big reasons that we have inflation right now is there's still 25% tariff on most of the goods coming out of China and people don't like that we buy from China, but you know what? We live off China and if you if you want to complain about inflation, but you're also good with the tariffs, then you have a problem because that the tariffs are causing inflation and it's, it's ridiculous. We still have, we have insanely high, what I would say, insanely high prices on some of our products because of the tariffs. Yep. And if the tariffs went away, we would drastically lower prices on many of our products. My response to this is the line from, I think it's Pirates of the Caribbean movie where he's like, you best start believing in ghost stories because you're in one. It's like, you better believe we're getting into a trade war. Oh, we already are yeah. in trade war. We're already like, in one. What is this talking about? Yeah, that this would do nothing in the grand scheme of the 25% tariff with, with China. So that is... That is a direct like firing of the gun and, and to start the trade war. Like, I feel like I'm watching episode one, The Phantom Menace, where they're talking about trade tariffs at the beginning. I'm like, what? <laughs> I know more about that than in the U.S. as well. We'll talk about this after the podcast. All right, let's go deadlift. Okay. All right, we're going to go deadlift. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks for checking out the Meatistics Podcast. To shop everything but the meat, head on over to Waltons.com. To get your meat processing questions answered by experts and enthusiasts alike, head on over to our online community, MeatJustice.com. Waltons, well, everything so but the meat. I'm officially a novice. <laughs>